0: Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled "The Big Show." The Big Show. This
1: is the Big Show. They call me
0: Hollywood. Here come the Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, the Big Show. It's the Big Show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday.
2: Let's get it rolling. <laughs>
3: Producing today, Gordon. He's uh, we're looking at uh, that that familiar face across the glass. He's back. You know, Austin two, Horton. Two weeks go by, and you don't see each other. Oh yeah, you haven't seen Austin for two weeks. I yeah, forgot about that. I was about gone that. a
2: week, and then he was gone a week, and uh, and then you come back in, and there is that lovable mug, and it's like, it's like.
3: We were never apart. Yeah, there you go. It's good (laughs) to have everybody back together. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Did you miss this, us? Yeah. Well, yeah, because (laughs) what you were doing was probably not nearly as fun as coming in and doing the show. Because you did a a, kind of staycation. Project week. (laughs) Knock some stuff off the list kind of week. All right,
4: let's hear about it. Oh, well, Monday, I was in the yard from sunup to sundown doing landscaping rocks. Oh, really? Yep. (laughs)
2: Tuesday, we uh, sore on Tuesday.
4: Oh yeah, but then we also went to Lagoon. Oh, so you had some fun though. That was the day of fun. Yeah,
2: that's good. Was now when you were walking around, uh, were you like
3: aching and uh, hurting in places? I was not a happy
4: elf on Tuesday.
3: (laughs) Can you? Can I ask you this? This is out of the blue, so if you didn't notice anything, uh, feel free to say no. But amusement parks in general. Maybe less so, Lagoon, but amusement parks, as a general rule of thumb, is incredible. People watching you just see the, m- the most, like, you know, bizarre things, uh, right? So did you any any bizarre like uh, amusement I'm park to, people you you run into?
4: I know what you're talking about, and I'm starting to wonder if I was that guy that day because I don't remember seeing any of that. But I'm sure, so maybe I was the bizarre guy. You that were the day. guy that others were looking at. They're, they're telling stories about now. Yeah, uh, I'm just yeah. laying on top of the the uh, bulgy the whale taking a nap, hoping the day will end. Yeah. Can
3: I can I <laughs> ask you about this one? And this is one that I've seen in amusement parks multiple times make out in line people Who who are these people? I don't I don't understand. If you are one, you feel free to let me I know. No but but I have like, no problem with that. <laughs> What's the matter with that? <laughs> a little PDA? Okay, PDA, holding hands or kiss or whatever. I love you, but but do you can't can When there you,
4: needs to be a do not disturb sign. Right.
3: <laughs> right. Why I mean, can you can you just hold off until I don't know? No, you're somewhere else. You know this. This line's going to take twenty minutes. Really? Can you can you take a break for twenty? No, when love cool? erupts, it stop, man. Stop, it's like a volcano. Stop. But this is no, don't do I, that. I didn't bring it up to argue it. Just more that I don't really <laughs> see this behavior anywhere else. Like I'm not at the store. <laughs> and I just see, you know, a couple of people and making out and by and the... Yeah, right. That's not something that usually happens to me. But yet, I, I could tell you multiple stories of seeing people just going to town in line. Yeah, like, but that's but where, where are you well, from? No, no because it's a, it's a place of romance. No, it's not. It's, I mean,
2: it's where people go to have fun. And when they're with the one they love... Okay, okay. How about and they, this? they can't keep their hands off each other. And they're just... Yeah. But not? does it have to be
3: You're, by the little kid land or, boat? Right. Or, or specifically <laughs> specifically in line. Wait till you get on the Ferris wheel then it's not my problem. You know, if you want to find a little uh, corner, you know, nestled away somewhere, I guess, knock yourself out. But why in line? There are hundreds of people right here waiting to get on the same stinking thing. We don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. It's either ride the ride or or uh, suffer through this you whole thing. You can look so the other way. Like, you, don't you don't have come. to stare at him. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I should stare at him just to be like, you know what? You deserve to be stared at. Or,
4: or make start commenting like, oh, yeah, you're doing yeah, Go yeah, get yeah. it. Go get it. Go get Oh, it. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. No, that's not the way to <laughs> or, or, do that. Or, or
3: pull, pull a Gordon and be like, oh, you two just must love each other. What's just the love matter with Love erupting? So yeah, right. No. I mean. Hershey blows. Hey,
2: yeah, It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. What's the matter with the little uh, display of affection? I, I This is that,
3: not a display of affection. Oh,
2: well, where do you draw the line?
3: At health class questions. At, at <laughs> normal societal behavior. Right? Huh. Just normal societal expectations. Okay, how about
2: okay, a kiss is okay? Sure. A,
3: a little kiss, yes.
2: A Love little you, kiss? I Are mean, you right. timing it to stop on no, look,
3: look, I'm telling you, the people that you have to like point out to them when the lines moved because they're 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 distracted with each other it's like, a, it's come okay, on! Jake. No, it's not. It's, it's okay. Really, no, it's really not.
2: Do you, are you sitting there tapping her on the shoulder? Up, up! I saw a little this. No, I'm not. The, I, I not mean, not keep even, your hands in the. Yeah, her backbone is no, not a listen, trombone or a, a saxophone. Don't be playing. it.
3: I, this isn't. You, you can, you can make out in your own <laughs> life. I realize I'm not. I'm not some robot. I'm not out to police. Uh, you know, uh, say hey, make it out It's not right. Knock I yourself saw, out. I saw a little I, tongue I, I don't care. But there. There in line, not just take it somewhere else for the rest of us. Take it somewhere else. Uh, Uh, You know what? Take it into the the back seat of uh, your dad's Ford. I don't care. I just, (laughs) I I don't, it's I don't want it in the line at the movement park. Period. End of story. Okay. You can live your romantic dream somewhere else. No, but they
2: want to do it at the amusement park because it's a place of of uh, of uh, fun and excitement and relaxation. Well, okay. And they're with the one they love. Take it to the cotton candy stand. I, I, I don't care. It. I yeah, mean, you just it, take it out of my line if it gets totally inappropriate. Then, I'll, then I'm then with where's you. your
3: line, Gordon? Inappropriate. What, what would that be? That would be well, that would be that would be like. Uh, see, now you're making a moral judgment.
4: No, I well, just, it was no. in the wind
2: the woodwind section a moment ago <laughs> with his, so I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, if somebody's copping a field or something like that, then I might have a problem with that. But you know, if they're just if they're just you know huggy buggy kissing, so
4: that's all right. So that was Tuesday. Okay, Wednesday I built a shed foundation went, uh, and a shed. That was all day Wednesday. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Thursday, Uh, what the, I did something. Oh, I hung some uh, ceiling fans. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Did those backwards, had to redo them twice.
3: How do you do them Hate backwards? Hate that. Hate when you're doing a project and you realize like five steps too what late, you late that backwards? you did something wrong. Yeah.
4: Like you I, on one of them... I uh, Is the fan supposed to spin a certain way? Well, no, that's got a motor that flips it down or up, depending on winter or summer. But, you know, I, I put a screw in on an angle, and it ruined the whole bracket, so I had to get a whole new bracket, a whole new fan. Then once I got it up there, one of the screws fell inside the fan, so I had to take it back down. Oof. Then I have got it wired, and I had the, the blue and the black... Uh, wired but not the white wired correctly so the fan was spinning but the lights wouldn't come on and it was it was it was a mess but it was it, I'm I'll save everyone the rest that, of the oh, no, it, I'm impressed was, that
2: you were taking on the project man. I built a
4: closet nice
3: I did a lot of stuff this You're week You're a woodworker though,
4: right? No, no I mean you I, you pr- I pretend
3: to be sometimes but yeah. Don't tell I am so Don't tell Naz any of this by the way <laughs> Have you ever installed a ceiling fan? Uh no because I'm intimidated by electrical, I got to admit. Uh, I, I've tackled other projects. My thing is, is that I'll put something on backwards, like something seemingly meaningless, and then, like six steps down the line, when I'm almost done, all of a sudden it becomes relevant again, and then you have to undo everything. All six Yeah, exactly. No, I've been there, but usually mine's with furniture.
4: Yeah. Oh, we had a... My daughter got a trampoline from Grandma last Christmas that I had never put together. So we put <laughs> that together. Time.
3: All right. Yeah.
4: Grandma and Grandpa came over and helped me put it together. It was it was a week of do it. Productive. So yeah. here's the
2: question then. Uh, do you feel good at the end of it? Did you feel productive? Did you feel like, man, I really made a difference this week?
4: Yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud that I did all that, but I also feel like I aged about 17 years. <laughs> I'm like limping to bed each night. Not, there was one evening where i had to go to the bathroom and i just rolled out of bed and army crawled to the bathroom cuz i was so sore but did you impress your bride? Uh yeah, i guess. Did she think wow. She's got the list of the
2: things i didn't get to. Still. She's like, <laughs> "Oh, well, didn't get this one done." Uh well, i'm i'm proud of. You. I mean, that thanks dad. No, no, yeah. really. I mean, that's uh, that's that's
3: i couldn't do that. But it was i did miss you guys somewhat. so... Well, we missed you, buddy. Welcome back. It's good to see you. You know, Gordon, it's really funny the the, the shirt you've chosen to wear, and, and we do have, uh, we do have uh, the split story to get to here in a moment. But Gordon is wearing a Beatles Abbey Road shirt with kind of the you know the famous outline of them crossing the street, and so this is what just says the Abbey Road right there. I know, I know. I actually can't see that, but yeah. Oh. Uh, but this is just a, a wonderful metaphor for our show, and I feel like a great place to start Why? it because let me tell this let me tell this story. Last night, my daughter comes in to the kitchen where I'm washing dishes and she goes, Dad, what on earth are you doing? There's stuff on my microphone. Uh, So she goes, Dad, can we be twinners tomorrow? I said, Yeah. And so she grabbed the outfit that we are twinners and I am wearing a shirt, Gordon. Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. North American tour 1975. And she has that same shirt. She has that same shirt, and we got you know tons of compliments dropping her off at school. No big deal. Everybody was jealous, kids and parents both. But I feel like you know, Gordon, you're the end to my yang. I feel like I'm the Rolling Stones to your Beatles. I feel like it really. Some we're getting the week started on a really good note here. I feel like we're vibing. Is that weird? But I, th- I feel like we're there.
4: Wait till you see the underwear I'm wearing. <laughs>
3: But that is completely <laughs> coincidental that Gordon would wear a Beatles shirt today. And, and you're I just I just Rolling unzipped Stones. I'm wearing a jacket over my my shirt by the way because it's f- freezing in this studio. So I just revealed my shirt that Gordon had not previously seen. That's why I wore two shirts, try to keep a little So,
2: warm how about that? Okay, so I have had this discussion with many people through the years of my generation arguing back and forth between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Are you—I think I know the answer to
3: this question, but are you more a Stones guy
2: or a Beatles guy?
3: So, first of all, I should tease Hassan Whiteside. We're waiting on his press conference, not the split story. That should have been something I should have teased and said. Uh, But stay tuned. We're waiting on his press conference to begin. Uh, But to answer your question, Gordon, and maybe this is a fun debate we can have on the show today. Maybe we involve our listeners. Stones or Beatles, and what maybe what does that say about you?
2: Yeah, I that, uh, that's what they said because, Open Mike, let's
3: let's hear it. Because somebody asked me that
2: question and, and this was years ago, but I said Beatles and they said, "Oh, that's all I need to know about you." I didn't stop asking what that meant.
3: So, I mean, you th- that's why this discussion is interesting, right? You know. All right. You can you can you can take this a number of different angles, but I You think Hassan is a Beatles guy or a Stones guy? You know what? I don't know. If we ever have him on the show, we should ask him that question. I prefer the Rolling Stones, certainly. Uh, But what about about, uh, Donovan Mitchell? You think he's Stones or Beatles? Oh, man. Rolling Stones. Okay, how about Rudy? Go Bear. He's got to be Beatles. No, he's got to be Rolling Stones because he's got that counter, you know, chip on my shoulder thing going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, Ed, not Ed Sullivan said their name once, and so all of a sudden they're famous. Oh, geez, okay. <laughs> all right. Maybe Donovan Mitchell is, is more of uh, the, in the Beatles camp because he's got that likable thing he personified. Like the, the part of the appeal of the Stones was that they weren't trying to be likable necessarily. They were the counterculture to what the Beatles were a little bit.
2: How about Quinn? You think Quinn is Stones or Beatles?
3: Stones, for sure. Uh, How about Jay Z? Justin? Zanuck Zanuck might be more of a Beatles guy. We'll have to ask him next time we have him on. So let us know who do you prefer? I would take the Stones covering the Beatles.
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. That'd be. Musical magic, because as we've discussed, anyone covering the Beatles is better than than the Beatles, the Beatles themselves. I, mean, I don't like, know if the I'd Stones
3: like, did ever cover the Beatles. It probably happened at least once. Well, didn't the Beatles? They kind of
2: mocked the Beach Boys with that back in the USSR song. I don't know. The Stones and Beatles had obviously were aware of each other and probably had a little. Well, thing the going Beach Boys on.
3: and the Beatles had this weird competition thing between McCartney and. Uh, Wilson, right? Where yeah. that's Wilson wrote the Pet Sounds, which is considered one of the greatest albums of all time, and it was in response to—I can't remember what Beatles album it was—but it was kind of this little back and forth kind of thing. But anyway, that one song—I don't even remember the name of it—that the Beach Boys
2: sang. Paul McCartney said it's the one song he wished he'd written.
3: Oh, what song was that? I've heard that. The, before, the one too.
2: that I—I I told you I liked yeah, yeah. six months ago. I can't remember the name of it now. But uh, anyway,
3: so even that song you like because. The Beatles liked it. No, I liked that song. I just okay. liked it. I see. Um, but that's kind of an interesting way to start the show, right? The Rolling Stones and the Beatles? The Rolling Stones certainly had the benefit of longevity for a variety of reasons. Yeah, that's right. They, sure. they were cranking out hits for a long, long time. You, if you go back and look at how many albums the Rolling Stones have, uh, have produced, it'll blow your mind. Do they have any... I mean, are they still producing original music or I don't is it know. just I don't think, the same old stuff? I don't think they have in a while. But still touring. Isn't PK going to see him? I don't know. I Maybe. think he is. I know he's seen him before. Uh, I think he I know. I saw I saw him that same night and had better tickets than him. No big deal. <laughs> uh, we're ready. Hassan Whiteside, his introductory press conference.
1: All righty. Awesome. All right. Good to see you. Okay. Yeah. Great. We can go ahead and get started Recording if you're in ready. Progress. Uh, we will start off with Sarah Todd, Desert News. Hey, Hassan, nice to meet you. Um, I think one of the first things that people thought about when the Jazz signed you was the kind of the back and forth that you and Rudy have had over the years. Uh, There's been a little bit of trash talk there. And I'm wondering kind of where you land on that. I mean, I guess it's inevitable that you're going to end up on teams with guys that you kind of talk smack with at some point in the NBA. Yeah. So where do you land on that? I mean, is it something that... I know, is eats at you, and you guys really have a rivalry going, or is that kind of just all in the past? Um, no, nah, it's no robbery, or anything. You know, we're just competing. You know, at the end of the day, um, that's, I'm always happy to see a big man succeed in this league. You know, especially um, somebody that blocks shots the same as I do. You know, and um, it's just, it's just, there never been any robbery. But it's just been always us competing against each other. And you know, we're going to talk. All right, Tony Jones, The Athletic, next. Hassan, you've been on a lot of teams, but, you know, from, you know, where I said, this is probably the, the one team that, that you've been on that had a ch- has a chance to to go deep into the playoffs. What can you, um, in your mind, what, what can you contribute uh, to this p- specific group? Uh, what were your talks with the Jazz in terms of what your role will be uh, for for this specific group, and and you know just what are your thoughts on, on coming to Utah overall? Um, you know, I'm just excited. You know, um, like you said, this is a this is a great opportunity. You know, I really wanted to go to like a contending team. You know, and I talked to Quinn Snyder and um Coach Q, and he was just saying like he don't think any other team got 48 minutes of repertoire. I think this is one of the better defensive teams I've been a part of. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited to be a part of that. You know, um, the way they spaced the floor before I went in and just the way that they dominant on, on a defensive end. You know, I've seen it. I've always been a uh, fan of Coach of coach, and just, just different ways that he always stayed true to his style of play. He never tried to go small. He never tried to waiver from what he what he what he does you know and um he always made it work
2: andy larson salt lake tribune
4: rudy where do you think you have the the biggest chance to impact the team defensively is it is it on the defensive end or is it the offensive end in the minutes that you uh you expect to get
1: i, I think both ends, you know offense you know um he said he said I won't get as many post catches as I as I probably did in the past, but I think I don't really need that. You know, it's the way these guys play, um, they so spaced out. Um, I think I think these are gonna be the best, the most freest roles I'm gonna have in a long time. You know, and uh, you know, the jazz is always top five in assists, regardless of whatever year it is it is. So um just that in itself is just gonna—it's just gonna be a great winning environment, you know. And I think that's the—that's the biggest thing. I really wanted a free agency this year, regardless of the money. I just wanted to go somewhere where we gonna win, you know. I don't want to be at home watching the playoffs, you know, like I have the last two years. You know, I wanted to go to a team that's oh, that's ready to win now.
2: Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com.
4: Hassan, what have the last couple of years been like because you were starting and playing so well in Portland and then you fell out of the rotation in Sacramento and what was just kind of a clunky fit? What do you think about now being here in Utah and what yeah. these last two years have been like?
1: I think it's a, I think it's a great fit for me. You know, I think it's a great fit. You know, like I said, um, with Gold Bear being out there and um, with, with me being out there coming in, I think it's a great fit. I think um, they can they can keep that. That paint presence out there, you know, uh, throughout the whole game, and um, I think the guys are used to playing with a with a with a shot blocking big that that, that rolls and dunks, you know. And um, I think I think they already they already know that that style, you know. And um, I think it's a great fit for me, you know. I'm really excited. I haven't been in society in a long time, so you know, like I said, they were they they're definitely a contender. You don't accidentally win 50 plus games in this league.
2: Naya Campbell, utahjazz.com.
1: Hey, so welcome to Utah. Um, We've already seen you working out with Royce, and so I want to know, did he give you any tips on the city and the team itself? Uh, Not yet, not yet. We were just working out, man. We was just shooting. We we didn't have a a long conversation. He was just um, talking about how excited he was, uh, how how good of a fit he think it is, and um, I told him, I tell them I'm the same for me. I know Mike. I know um, Rudy Gay. So, I um, know two guys that I knew in the past. And I know what they bring to the table. And, you know, um, I play I played against Utah a lot. So, I just know how the crowd is. And and I, I just, I'm just very excited about this, you know. David Lockheed taught Jazz Radio.
2: Hassan, Portland seemed to be a really good year for you.
1: Um, yeah. What? Why, what was it about Portland that was such a good fit? Um, I think, I think I had a great relationship with Dame, you know, and um, I was playing, I was playing like 30 minutes a game, you know, I haven't played that many minutes in a while. So um, I always been a guy that's going to produce when I, when I'm playing the longer I'm out there. And um, it was, I thought it was a great, oh, I, they wanted me to sign. I could have re-signed back there, but um, you know, I wanted to come to the Jazz and get a chance at this something new.
0: And then offensive rebounding has always been
2: a strength. I know the jazz last year put a huge emphasis on offensive rebounding. Did they talked to you about that
1: as something that was important and part of who they are. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, they played, they, they play they basketball. You know, I think, I think in an era of the warriors, people was trying to push size out the game. And I mean, you look at the last two defending champions, they, they, they got length, you know, um, with Milwaukee, um, with Giannis, he's seven feet. And with Brook Lopez down there, he's seven feet. With um, the Lakers, like we even played against them in a bubble. And the one thing that they did was they were just so big. They just kind of like uh, made it problem, problematic for us. So I think with the size that Utah have, we can be a really great uh, rebounding team, you know? Um, and, and I think I'm just adding more depth to that. Andy
2: Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
1: Hey, Asan. Did
4: did uh, Dwayne Wade play any role in you coming back to Utah, or kind of that relationship play? Yeah, any part in this, or kind of what are your thoughts on him being a, a co-owner of the team?
1: Um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. He was one of the first people to reach out to me when I signed. You know, um, my relationship with D Wade is I, I look at him as family. You know, um, I don't talk to him as much as I should, but um, you know, it's 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 definitely it definitely played a role in into it, you know, and I, and I always been on the outside looking in of just how every year you guys are just, just right there, you know, and, um, and it's just always a top five team, you know, everybody know you play Utah, you got to, what, what's, what they going to bring, you know, they're going to be a great sharing, sharing the ball. They're going to really play hard defense, so, um, I think that's what I really want to be a part of that too. And um, definitely, D Way being here is um, definitely a plus, you know.
2: All right. That's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining us, Hassan. We're excited to have you here in Utah. All right.
1: Thank you. Thank for having
3: me. There's Hassan Whiteside, his press conference today. Um, we'll we'll he's said a few interesting things. We'll we'll dig into that coming up right around the corner. We've got uh, Michael Conley's press conference coming up somewhere around the top three o'clock hour. Jeremiah Jensen at uh, four o'clock to talk uh, a little Olympics. Uh, but we're excited about this, uh, Gordon. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, he is our friend from Syringa Networks. He's our friend, Gabe. Gabe, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, doing, doing good in spite of all this uh, smoky air we got going on. But Doing
5: great. Good yeah, to be on with you guys.
3: Interesting weekend uh, for that reason, that's for sure. We're glad to have you here, Gabe, because, you know, we love what you do. You guys are great at Syringa, and this is something that a lot of folks deal with out there, uh, talking about uh, their IT needs. Let's get started and keep it a little bit broad, but uh, what are you guys doing and why do you do it so well?
5: Yeah, so one of the, the, the big things that we do is uh, IT security um, and uh, telecommunications evaluations for companies. They have a lot of folks out there are kind of uh, uh, looking around to see what kind of the best practices are there are out there, given uh, the the various publicity around some of the big data breaches and things that have occurred. And so we basically are out there helping uh, the, uh, the community here uh, be able to uh, secure their data better.
3: Well, you hit on a big word there, too, community, which is one thing we love about you guys. Of course, you're here, you're local, you're not going to farm out uh, service and all this sort of thing to uh, a different state or country or whatever. You guys are here, boots on the ground, making it happen.
5: Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we we operate our own uh, network operations center here in the in the Utah area that where our customers can call in and, and get uh, technical support. They can uh, talk to our sales and service personnel right here. We can... Uh, Go out on site if, uh, if they want us to. We can meet via Teams or via teleconferencing. So where we've got to, we've got ways of accessing everybody um, other than just a traditional telephone as well.
3: All right, and then this is this is one of my favorite exercises with you, Gabe Gordon. What's a what's a date usually nobody's working? What, what do you think? Uh, 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 New Year's Day. New should Year, New Year's Day. Gabe, uh, let's let's call it uh, 11:30 a.m. I call up uh, and I got an issue. Someone answering?
5: Yeah, someone will definitely be there. Um, You you call, someone will answer, or you can hit us up on chat or text us. However, you want to get a hold of us, we will respond.
3: Get started at syringanetworks.net, at siringa.networks.net or call 385-420-7881, 385-420-7881, Syringa Networks. Gabe, thank you, sir. Looking forward to uh, chatting with you throughout the show.
5: Likewise. Thanks, guys.
3: Thanks, buddy. All right, stay tuned. We'll have uh, uh, I've got some reaction to what we just heard from Hassan Whiteside. Gordon, I'm curious to get your thoughts as well. Okay. We'll That's do good. that next, mm-hmm. 97.5 and 1280
4: of The Zone. Do a uh, cover song with some sort of unknown... Beat group. Yeah. I think you might remember we're going to try cover of one of their tunes. Right. Hello.
1: Hello. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready?
0: Yeah. All right then, have a go. Have a go at this. Big show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Presented by Big O Tires with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Now, this is why Austin's the
3: best in the business. Welcome back, buddy. We got the stones covering the Beatles. Uh, that is the band of the day today, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts, buy concert tickets, and get the latest tour news and artist inside at LiveNation.com. The Beatles and the Rolling Stones, because coincidentally, Gordon wore a Beatles shirt today, and I wore a Rolling Stones t-shirt today. And we had no
2: clue that you know, the
3: uh, this is just of out of the blue. was doing this. So we we uh, we thought that's kind of a fun, you know. One thing I pride our show on, Gordon, we've got juxtaposition. You know, we got, we've got some critical thought on this show. We don't always agree, and we find a way to discuss matters. And you know, those two bands are juxtaposed for now and forever, right? Yeah, I, in a, I mean, in a lot of, of weird ways. Rates. Yep, uh, kind of tied. It doesn't make any of them either. I can't believe I'm going to compliment the Beatles here, but it doesn't make either one of them like not great usually some of the greatness was appreciated by one group over another.
2: The Beatles are the most overrated band in history. Not true. And I have no idea what you just said, but I agree. Okay. <laughs> Did you know that Mick Jagger inducted the Beatles into the rock and
4: roll? Pretty, that's really?
3: pretty cool. That is cool. That is, that's pretty cool. Um, Gordon, let We just had Hassan Whiteside on a uh, quick uh, Corrections and retractions on the schedule, because things have, uh, have moved around a little bit today. Michael Conley's press conference will be at four. Jeremiah Jensen will join us for the final time, live from Tokyo at 3:30, as uh, Jeremiah prepares to debar- depart following uh, the games. All right, uh, can I tell you that this probably isn't the number one thing to take from Hassan Whiteside's press conference, but of course, me being weird, this is the number <laughs> one thing go. that, that I go. took from it. Don't go to Sacramento. <laughs> no matter not... no matter what they're offering to pay you, just say, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere else. Especially since he had a good year in Portland. That was the theme of the press conference. Like, wow, you played pretty well in Portland. What happened in Sacramento? And here's the answer. It's Sacramento. Wait, uh, I, he was asked about that, but what was his answer? Um, Did you... I think he just danced around it a little bit. Uh-huh. Kind of not a good fit, that kind of thing. or Or, you know. Why do he go there? One piece. Probably they gave him the best contract well, offer. That's the
2: answer. Yeah. yeah,
3: but just say no. Just be like, you know what? I'll go somewhere else. I love Europe. <laughs> <laughs> what you want to go play in Slovenia? If that's your only option, pick. You know, look for another option. That, but you know, I think the the truth is that he wasn't a good fit, right? I mean, nobody ever seems to be in Portland, but even even the really good players they're trying to get rid of for some reason, like Buddy Heald. But he wasn't a good fit in in Sacramento. He was a good fit in Portland. He was just what Portland needed at the time, which was size and physicality. And he said he was and, getting
2: over thirty minutes a game there.
3: yeah, and actually, that was the piece of news that that we did not know. He actually had the option to go back to Portland but pick to come to Utah instead, which I think is a good sign for a variety of reasons. But he probably doesn't hate the fit that he can jump on and, and do a lot of the same things Rudy Gobert can do. But he's not going to get 30 plus minutes here. Nope.
2: He's not. So I, you know, I don't know, but he can have a pretty monstrous impact. I'll agree with that. And I, I was trying to read his attitude. Seemed good to me. And it's hard to read sometimes because guys cloak what they're really. You know, we've we've talked to certain players that have come to Utah, and uh, you thought they had such a great attitude, and then you watch them on the court, and uh, it 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 just for whatever reason, and I don't know all the backstory, and I have nobody knows what's going through a player's mind or what's going through a, a coaching staff's. Stance toward that player. And I'll give you an example. Jeff Green. We thought from what he said it was going to be terrific. Was it terrific, Jake?
3: No. Unless unless getting cut midseason is terrific, Gordon. I don't think that went well. So I'm trying to read between the lines here
2: listening to Hassan talk. And he, he genuinely sounds like he's excited to be here. So, I mean. Well,
1: that's no, actually, no reason to
2: doubt it uh, until we see what
3: happens on the floor. Well, that's why I think the the newsworthy fact that he had another offer in Portland I think is actually really important because if he did pick Utah over the Blazers, it means he does want to be here. And and so I would agree with you on that. I don't I don't know how to read his mind or tone or all this stuff that I'm not very good at. It started but, a little bumpy at first, but if he but wants, then he seemed to come on strong. if he if he picked here. He wants to be here. The, see Joe Johnson when he chose to come. Yeah, he That that dude had the, the best attitude of any human uh, on the planet. I mean, he was—you you remember Joe? He was a pleasure to talk to. He. I don't know if he still loves up there, but he, had, he grabbed a spot in Park City, and if you talk to him off the mic about the lifestyle and all of that, that dude was loving it. So, you know, if somebody actually wants to be here, I think it does make a, a big difference. It's, it's different—and Rudy Gay, by the way, important for the same reason. He could have gone somewhere else and uh, he chose to be here, It's it, I think that matters. It does. It does matter. And
2: uh, these are the kinds of players, not that they're huge, big names, I mean, guys who are top-drawer type players, but uh, still, they do have choices, and they've chosen to come play for the Jazz. And I think that's that's a nice, trending legacy in a different direction than what might have been the case at one time.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And, you know, you heard a, a reporter ask Hassan about Dwayne Wade, and he said uh, he didn't talk to Dwayne until after he made the decision that uh, Dwayne was one of the first phone calls. But, you know, this is the, the type of stuff where um, <clears throat> if you're trying – I don't know. Dwayne will have a, a, a hand in doing this himself, but when somebody like Dwayne Wade or Donovan Mitchell or – um Jordan Clarkson, you know, they want to be a part of it. What San Antonio had going for so long was that, remember, Gordon, it was this family thing that everybody wanted to be a part of. And, you know, maybe the Jazz take a different angle, but you got to create something that 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 players believe in and want to be a part of. And I think that seeing players that have other options choose the Jazz because they want to be a part of it, has not necessarily been the norm throughout the Jazz history. It just hasn't. I mean, we, we can look at it and you can name the number of free agents that had other options that actually chose the Jazz. You can count them on one hand. Yeah. So these t- now that it's happening a couple of times, a few times in a in an off offseason, Jordan they've Clarkson ret- last year, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big yeah, deal. Yeah.
2: They're retaining guys, and uh, it is a big deal. So – what Okay, let me ask you this. What did you think of, of what he said when he was asked about his rivalry with Rudy Gobert? Because uh, it, was,
3: it was fairly brisk there for, for a bit. Sure, but I think... Well, Rudy, I think, likes the chip, right? I think he likes the chip about yeah, it the, all. And the chip that's or what,
2: the championship?
3: Uh, the chip on his shoulder. <laughs> okay. I think that's a big motivator for him, and he uses things like news and social media for that. So I get it. Uh, from that standpoint, and maybe it's because simil- they've been
2: going back and forth. And uh, maybe so, it's so
3: maybe. maybe it's similar with Hassan Whiteside. I really haven't covered him closely enough to to make that d- determination. But with Rudy, I think that's a big part of it. It um, he, he, obviously it wasn't uh, you know um, ugly enough that he didn't want to be Rudy's teammate. Yeah, and it actually tells me that he's smart enough to go listen. If I go to a team. That, has, that plays a certain way to highlight Rudy Gobert. And you heard him say this that they do some similar things. He mentioned, you mm-hmm. know, rim protecting and rebounding, and those roll into the rim. Uh, I, I, I'm going to get played a lot because their whole way of doing things is designed for a player just like me. And I'm sure the Jazz are thinking very seriously well, if we can put Rudy Light out there when Rudy's on the bench. Well, that's going to make a big time difference because then we don't have to adjust to so many things. And Derek, I think, was that to a certain extent last year. But Derek just got paid too much.
2: So do you think Hassan Whiteside has a chance to be as effective
3: or more effective than Derek Favors was? Oh, sure. A chance. Absolutely. But that's that's a high enough bar. I think Derek's health Failed him at times. He slowed down a bit last um, year. Yeah, he did. But he is he still had some great moments. Had some great moments in the Memphis series, if you remember. I mean, he's still he still certainly contributed. And Hassan's had an
2: interesting path through his professional basketball career, but he's still only 32. Well and he just turned 32. And I think in June, if I'm not mistaken, I
3: could be wrong on that. When but. you hit the overpaid, here's the <laughs> We'd all choose to be overpaid in the NBA if we could be, right? So you know, but the, the downside to being overpaid in the NBA is you get hit with a label, and then all of a sudden your PR, so to speak, is really negative, and I think it's really difficult to dig out of that. Does he have a nasty reputation? No, but uh, he got maxed out in Miami on this potential, and then he doesn't live up to the potential, yeah. and all of a sudden we, you know, the the public view of him is that he's not very good. Whether that's right or not, you just think, oh, that guy was overpaid for years. And then all of a sudden he's bouncing around from team to team, right? I mean, we've seen that a lot because on that first big-time contract, you're paid on potential, not necessarily how good you are. And then when it doesn't pan out, all of a sudden you get that overrated, overpaid tag, and it's tough to shake that. Yeah, And I think Hassan probably, that's worked against him a little bit in you know, the latter years because what if Miami underpaid him? And all of a sudden, he's producing at probably the same level. But you think, of geez, that guy's one of the biggest, best bargains in the NBA. I really do, Jake. Remember, people
2: um, in the in people who are supposed to know these things arguing, saying Hassan Whiteside is better than Rudy
3: Gobert when he was in Miami. I remember that. Do you remember that? Yeah. And those those people making that argument were really wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, they thought they, they were, were right at yeah, the time.
3: I'm sure they did. And hey, bless them, I've been wrong about a lot of stuff in my day. <laughs> they were really wrong about that. Now are they similar? They've always been similar. And that I Magic think is, Johnson is pound for pound the best point guard who ever lived. <laughs> way wrong about that. I was way over my skis there. Um but their games are similar. That's why they were compared. That's why that rivalry, whatever it was, was formed. And so I get the value in that for the Jazz certainly, and I see the value in that for Whiteside too. So there's two aspects of this that that I see
2: working as a real positive. One is obviously, anytime Rudy goes off the floor, you have Hassan Whiteside to to, to plug in there if you want to stay big. That's really good on a couple in a couple of ways. One is it, it's it's Pragmatic from a standpoint that Rudy does get subbed out, and and uh, he there are times when he gets into a bit of foul trouble. Although Rudy's been pretty good in that regard, but also if
3: he can perform well, it may preserve Rudy. You know. Well, that uh, remember our friend Chris Mannix reporting that Rudy was Derek Favre's biggest advocate in coming back because Rudy saw what happened when he was not on the floor and things got really ugly. And so then Rudy felt the pressure like, I need to stay on the floor at all costs. And then he's not playing as aggressively as he feels like he could be playing. And it it was a really interesting perspective from him, I thought. But I think Hassan serves the purpose you're talking about.
2: And Rudy wants to play all the time because he's a competitive guy. He he wants wants to be out there. But he also needs to preserve himself so that he doesn't get worn out. And remember last year, there were times I know that uh, uh, Royce had some nice rebounding numbers. But but you and I talked about it again and again where who was going to rebound if Rudy Gobert didn't? Yeah, nobody. I so mean he, there was a ton t- of pressure
3: on him. You're talking to, to the guy who
2: boards every sorry. single night, and now he he'll get a little relief in that regard.
3: I was just going to joke. You're, you're talking to the guy that did the master of the glass every single night, and that got that got a little bit repetitive. <laughs> Here, Rudy Gobert again. <laughs> yeah, it's like surprise, Rudy Gobert, master heard, of the glass. But I heard your attitude. But that's exactly your point, right? Wait, yeah. huh? My attitude? No, no, you were, you were. Oh, you, I see. Okay, we're getting I thought you were. Yeah, hearing, oh, thought you were I, see, this is I'm on the defensive today in our clash of the bands. It's like, huh, oh, what? What do you say? <laughs> How dare you follow what I'm saying? <laughs> How dare you agree with what I say? All right, more big show coming Stop up next. It. Stay tuned. My oh yeah. Job. Oh, lest I forget the one reason I'm here. Uh, <laughs> I want to remind you about, <laughs> about our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night? Are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit SoundSleepMedical.com. More next, right here on 97.5 and 1280 in The Zone.
0: The best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. <laughs>
3: and 1280 The Zone. want to remind you, the 60 and 60 still going on right here on The Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30. Hanson Scotty will announce the uh, another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we catch down the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON only here on The Zone Sports Network. Um, let's talk about this, Gordon. Well, let's bring it on the air. The, uh, the U.S. of A. Takes home the, the gold medal. Thought it was an entire uh, an entertaining final game. Um, Joe Ingles and the Boomers take <laughs> home the bronze. And you could see um, how happy Joe was. And he's talked about that on, on these airwaves a bunch, how much that it means to him because they've just built that program down in Australia and they've never medaled and that's always been their goal. And if you remember, Gordon, uh, the Boomers were this close in FIBA, what was it, two years ago, where they lost, I believe, to France just to be on the outside looking in of the medal. They were just that close, and Joe talked about how much that meant to him. So I thought that was pretty cool to see uh, that team uh, take home the bronze. But first of all— That's the foundation upon which Joe Engel's game was based. Yeah,
2: that, Those were the guys he, he, he was sort of drawn into basketball by, and it's, it's important to him. Uh, he didn't even watch NBA basketball as a kid.
3: Remember we talked to uh, our guy Moe DeKill— um, who does a, a lot of media stuff now, but he used to be uh, uh, what was his official title? I mean, he was uh, like video coordinator. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah worked with uh, Team Australia, and he talked about the 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 vibe around that bunch. Uh, in the, I think he worked for them for two years, something like that. And uh, you know how special a group it was to be around. So easy to feel good for them. And then Team USA, it's exactly what we talked about. I mean, they were gonna. Likely out talent the rest, and that's pretty much what happened. But nice for jazz fans though,
2: because Team USA wins, uh, and the all all you you know red blooded Americans out there can be happy about that. But Rudy Gobert leads France,
3: and Joe Ingles with uh, the Aussies. So I mean, yeah, it worked out nicely. So throughout the tournament, Rudy Gobert was pretty good at getting position, and Team France was pretty good at getting him the ball. And I thought. You know, I didn't watch 100% of his games 100% of the time, but from what I saw, he was pretty effective at scoring the basketball, particularly in transition. And it's easy to say, wow, I wonder where that is more with the Jazz. But it also leads you to think, well, I wonder if this is something that can be more game-planned. Not
2: only that, Jake, but we saw him. How many times have you... Said if only Rudy Gobert could do something when there is
3: a defender between him and the basket. We talked about it at length, and that's what he was doing. Yep, and was doing it physically too. Just, just really, I don't know something that we don't always see. I guess.
2: Well, I mean, we talked about that in the uh, in the series with the Clippers that if a team is going to go small on you.
3: You got to make him pay.
2: Can't you? Make, can't you Rudy make Gobert him make them pay? Yep. And it seems like that's what he was doing uh, through the Olympics, and and he was doing it against Team USA at least the part of the game that I saw.
3: Now NBA has different rules and all those things we've talked about, uh, you know, and maybe it makes it easier. Maybe Ru- Rudy's playing against smaller players, but the the point remains: the NBA, whatever league, you know, if you've got a guy like Rudy who's that big. And you t- and the other team tries to guard him with somebody who's that small, that shouldn't work in basketball. And they're trying to take advantage of that
2: at the other end. So Rudy, take advantage of it that you're in. Yes,
3: right, make them change, make yeah. them adjust. And maybe that's not always possible. And a player like Rudy Gay might be pretty useful from a uh, you know a flexibility standpoint, which they did not have obviously against the Clippers. But I still think that you know Rudy is the centerpiece of this team. He and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you got to. Got to figure out a way to make the other team say, "Hey, we can't get, we can't do this anymore. We have to play them differently because Rudy's going to go for fifty. Because we're trying to guard him with somebody who's six five. Imagine okay. trying to guard Shaq with somebody who's six five. Rudy G or Rudy G? Oh yeah, I guess I should clarify this that. This is yeah, going mean, to get It's going to be tricky. You know, uh, Rudy, yeah, Rudy, Rudy Gay, is so useful because of his versatility. <laughs> When it's not working with Rudy Gobert, but the point is, make them adjust to Rudy Gobert. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Indeed. You know this it, is going to get weird. Here is
2: the interesting part of of um, of of this situation. You have said many times, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, that if Donovan Mitchell wants to be at the uh, at the level that he hopes to be as a superstar NBA player then it would behoove him, and it would certainly behoove the Jazz, for him to be an effective defender, for him to raise the level of his play at the defensive end. So he needs to be a two-way player. Rudy Gobert is obviously gifted at the defensive end and at times has looked really good at the offensive end, but I, I don't think he's fulfilled complete potential at the offensive end. If he can do that, if both of these guys can become true two-way players, now they now you're putting them in the realm of star players who can lead their team to a championship. Now I I don't know how how far they can take that, but it's kind of what the Jazz need.
3: Yeah, they've invested in those two guys. They need those two guys to deliver. And then you bring back Mike Conley, and uh, now you've got the three-headed monster.
2: And then you uh, you sort of bolster that with guys like Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside. Um, you know, I don't know what Eric Pascal will how how is he going to look in this whole formula.
3: Well, what I don't know what type of player you're going to get. You heard him talk about that a lot in his press conference yeah. uh, today. That he's using it. It and he answered it the way that you'd want to hear that he's using it as fuel. It's not always you know going to go seamlessly, but still has confidence he can fulfill his potential you know all the all the stuff that uh, that you really want to hear but I want to see you know what kind of player what what game he's actually let me put it this way what role did the jazz need him to play and how good is he at that? like if, if you're talking about him filling into the George Niang role from last year, I definitely think he can do that and more.
2: I'm but not what, sure he's but, the shooter, George was, but— uh, I
3: don't know, but he can be that guy, an energy guy, a kind of a, a someone to come out and be an instant contributor, which George definitely evolved into. But I, I'd say that is the basement. Think more George the role, less George the player.
2: Uh, he is a whirling dervish uh, yeah. from 15 feet in, powerfully built— uh, and and can help the Jazz. I so so really it comes down to answering the question that you and I have been talking about for days now, and it's this: Are the Jazz better now than they were two weeks ago?
3: Um, I think they are. So let's let's do this really quick on the fly, and I know we're running out of time, Austin. But Derek Favors, George Niang who else is uh, subtracted off the uh, the roster is that it i think that's pretty much it not talking about the two way guys or right. or who is yet to make the roster but uh, talking about that <clears throat> so you add to it Hassan Whiteside Rudier and uh and uh, Pascal and that's before getting to the fir- or to the uh the 40th pick in the draft I think I would say I would say you've added more than was subtracted. Yes, I
2: agree with that completely. And you've sort of, you haven't definitively filled the Jazz's weak spot, but you've moved in that direction. Yeah.
3: All right, uh, we'll get to more. Remember, uh, uh, Jeremiah Jensen will join us at 3.30, and we'll get the uh, Michael Conley uh, press conference to you coming up at the top at the 4 o'clock hour. But let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend from Syringa Networks. He's our buddy Gabe. What's up, Gabe? Hey, guys. Gabe, let's uh, let's uh, dive into the security end. You uh, you hit on it a little bit in the last one, but I know this is a big topic out uh, not only in your world, I'm sure, but in the news. News talking about IT security issues for businesses—it's got to be, uh, you know, huge for businesses out there, small and large.
5: Yeah, it's it's uh, something that really can't be ignored, and unfortunately, you know, there there are many firms out there who do kind of put that at the end of the line, but. Given the recent press and the things that can happen with your data, ransomware attacks, things like that, that can really be extremely crippling your business. Uh, that's one of the things that here at Seren Networks that we, we want to help the, the local community here um, better secure their data, their networks, and make sure that uh, all, all practices, whether it's, their, whether it's their networks or whether even um, even down to the people themselves, are able to uh, better be more judicious as to what they do on the networks.
3: So what separates you from the competition that is usually, you know, the big sprawling company out there?
5: Well, the fact that we're local, um, that's the the biggest uh, uh, differentiating factor there. We, uh, we staff uh, here locally seven by 24 by 365. We have, uh, we're in the market here. We, uh, we understand it very well as a result of that. Um, So we know, uh, you know, we, we know what's going on in, from that perspective, and the, uh, the the local staffing here is really the biggest uh, factor here that you can always get a hold of us, uh, regardless of what time you call us.
3: All right, here is the way to get the ball rolling. Uh, get started at syringanetworks.net, S Y R I N G A, syringanetworks.net, or call 385 420 7881. three eight five four twenty seventy eight eighty one 385 420 7881. Gabe, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. All right, stay tuned. We've got more big show coming up next, ninety seven five and twelve eighty of the zone.